0: Hi, this is Jonathan Marks. Today I'll be sharing my review of the book The New Case for Gold by James Rickards. This book was published in 2016 and is 180 pages long. I recall about 30 years ago hearing the renowned futurist and scenario planner Clem Santa speak at a conference. Santa was chairman of Anglo American and for a time the chairman and CEO of Anglo Gold. He told an amusing story of how at a board meeting he was asked to indicate what would happen to the gold price. Well, he said, it's going to go up and then it's going to go down, but not necessarily in that order. Well, I figured at the time, if the chairman of the world's largest producer of gold had no clear idea on the price of gold, how was I ever going to think about investing in this precious metal? I think with so much conversation at the moment about the nature of money, from cash to crypto to NFTs, when I spotted this particular book by a renowned US writer, consultant and financial commentator, James Rickards, I figured this might be a great time to get a better understanding of gold and its role in our lives and, of course, in the global economy. This is a short but highly informative book. I thoroughly enjoyed reading it. And uh, I would place a strong buy recommendation on this book for anyone who wants a no-nonsense look at not just gold itself, but how the international banking and financial systems are controlled and manipulated at a multilateral level by not just the various Bretton Woods organizations such as the IMF, who are largely tasked with protecting the average person from economic shocks, but also by banks and G20 governments as well. Rickards offers investment advice in the book, obviously around buying gold, so it seems prudent at this point to state a disclaimer. My review of this book should of course in no way be construed as investment or financial advice. If you are interested in investing in gold, in whatever form that is, please do your own homework, get advice from those you trust, and try and make an informed decision. Rickards has written five books, all largely connected to as his website says, Understanding the Complex Dynamics of Geopolitics and Global Capital. This book, as the title suggests, is an enthusiastic endorsement for gold as a necessary and essential part of not only the global financial system, but of personal investment portfolios as well. Although Rickards does warn no more than 10% of your personal portfolio should be held directly in the precious metal. He devotes an entire chapter at the end of the book as to how to buy gold, where to buy it, where and how to store it, literally with company names and locations. Of course, none of this is any great secret, including private vaults as to where you can store your bars, ingots or coins. The book does get a little technical at times, and I found myself racking my brains back to Economics 101, but the few technical aspects don't detract from the overall thesis that unfolds in the book. And Rickards does write the book for the layman. He begins the book by challenging some of the common misconceptions regarding gold, such as gold caused the Great Depression or gold has no yield. These are just two of five examples he presents. As regards the former, Rickards argues that there is a well-documented history of what caused the Great Depression. It was largely, and I quote, "...incompetent discretionary monetary policy," unquote, on the part of the U.S. Federal Reserve. This created what he calls regime uncertainty, which I understand is a form of sovereign risk in which companies and individuals refuse to commit their capital in the face of uncertain prices, regulations, labor costs and taxes. As regards the second assertion, gold has no yield, Ricard concurs. In fact, he says this is what makes gold so very attractive. It has no risk, It can be a medium of exchange, a store of value, and even a unit of account. But only once you deploy gold, or for that matter, any money, into some kind of investment opportunity, whether that be a deposit with your bank or even a contribution to a startup venture, only then does it begin to attract risk and as a consequence, hopefully show a yield or return. Gold avoids all this risk, which makes it a very powerful store of value, especially in uncertain times. Rickards argues that gold not only has a necessary place in the global monetary system, but we in fact have a de facto gold standard in place anyway, even though this was ended in 1971. In support of this, he quotes the public financial records of the US Federal Reserve, the Fed, which on face value looks like it might be an organization very close to bankruptcy. However, hidden in some footnotes are the quantity of physical gold held by the Reserve some 8,000 tons, the largest amount held by any government in the world. When this is taken at market price, it would seem to indicate, argues Ricketts, that the Fed is actually backing its cash with gold. Similar stories can be found or or are unfolding in Russia, Germany and China. China does not disclose its gold holdings, but it does seem common knowledge that the People's Republic is amassing gold at an alarming rate, So that, according to Rickarts, when the next system meltdown occurs, China will have a seat at the main negotiating table. He recounts a number of instances in the past when the global financial system has failed and the largest players, the IMF, the G20 countries and the largest mega banks have gathered to decide on the new rules naturally in their own favor. This gives rise to four arguments that Rickards puts forward as to why gold should be considered. The first is that gold is actually a very useful form of money. He cites a BBC interview with a professor of chemistry from the University College London who argues that of all the elements on the periodic table, gold is the only one available to, f- to perform this function. Regarded as one of the noble metals, it is the only one that is rare enough but in sufficient quantity to comprise a monetary supply. The fact that it's shiny, well, that's just a welcome bonus. Importantly, says Ricard, and especially in this current age in which we live, gold cannot be hacked. It has little commodity value, although, yes, of course, it has some limited application in industrial environments and for jewellery. And when, as Ricard suggests, um, a meltdown is going to happen at some point in the future it will be the most resilient store of value. Secondly, Rickards argues that gold is in fact a form of insurance. His assertion, and something with which I think I tend to agree, is that while the world, and in particular the financial markets, may be complicated, they are in fact moreover complex, and that traditional economic um, equilibrium models are not really as helpful in solving the challenges that we face as humanity. He has very, very strong words for the U.S. Federal Reserve in this regard. And while not all of us live in the U.S., the decisions made by the Fed, of course, affect us, given the interconnectedness of global financial markets. In this complexity, he suggests that gold is a safe haven. And even though the price of gold has dropped at times, he questions, in fact, why it hasn't dropped more than it has, compared, for instance, with other commodities such as oil Gold comfortably holds its own. Thirdly, Rickart asserts that gold is constant. When the price of gold changes, it's in fact not a representation of gold's value, but rather a fluctuation in the underlying currency, usually the US dollar. What in effect is happening is that you can buy more or less gold for a dollar. As the dollar weakens, as he predicts, gold will become an important commodity. He devotes a substantial number of pages in this particular part of the book to explain why China is the country to watch as regards gold purchases. It would seem, at least at the time of writing the book, that China is a net buyer of gold and as such is looking for the lowest possible price at which to buy. He explains how China and others are able to manipulate the spot price of gold on a daily basis to keep prices low and that in the fullness of time as China acquires its desired gold reserves, it'll move to inflate the price of gold, once again manipulating the price. Irrespective of these short-term price changes, says Ricards, gold should be part of your portfolio given its consistency as a store of value. Finally, Ricards argues that gold is resilient. The price of gold has fluctuated but always recovers, and while it seems to struggle to move through the psychological barrier of $2,000 an ounce, Gold will, says Ricards, be the safest investment during times of, for instance, cyber warfare or cyber terrorism. In many ways, gold, or at least owning real gold, rather than forms of, of gold paper investment, is the ultimate anti-cryptocurrency. It's so very tactile and tangible that apart from outright theft, it can't be lost or destroyed. Rickart predicts a move away from what he calls dollar hegemony, especially as BRICS countries gain much greater economic power. The rate at which China and Russia are stockpiling gold seems to support this assertion. Overall, I found this to be an absolutely fascinating book and a wonderful dive into the world of finances and geopolitics. It's been written by an informed and strongly viewed individual but someone who clearly has the credibility to not only write this book, but to make the assertions that he does. I thought the book was a very powerful companion to a PBS series I watched recently related to the 2008 credit crisis. These documentaries were likewise insightful as regards the mechanisms that drive world finance, and more importantly, how the US megabanks and to some extent the US Federal Reserve have built a system that benefits the few at the cost of the many. I've included links to this PBS series in the Companion podcast. I hope you found this podcast useful. This is an absolutely wonderful book and I do encourage you to read the book. Please do like and share my posts on LinkedIn so I can share these reviews with as wide an audience as possible. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts and comments and feedback. So please feel free to reach out to me on the email address on the email provided. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful week ahead.